Hey everybody, welcome to the Anthony and Todd Show. We are a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music, and we're back here in 2020, the year of our Lord. And we got a new logo, we got new memes, and we've got new music, and we've got new critiques. <laughs> and I'm your host, Trevor, aka Sunday Service Choir and Buffet. Alternatively, Sunday Service Choir invades your local Golden Corral. <laughs> and I'm joined by my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my Droog, Vincent. And, uh, A.K.A. Place Behind a Paywall Nationals, A.K.A. Jesus is Jason Bourne. Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. That's what this album should have been called. <laughs> this is episode 121 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call... What would Chevy Chase do? Chevy Chase is hyphenated, so it's one word. <laughs> I'd be thinking, what would Chevy Chase do? <laughs> Today we got uh, latest projects from Sunday Service Choir with Jesus is Born. We got Your Old Drew with Jewelry. We have the Free Nationals with Free Nationals and hey. Griselda, the Griselda Records with What Would Sheen Gun Do? WWE CD. WWE CD. <laughs> <laughs> you get to listen to all your favorite intro themes. <laughs> uh, if you want to follow the Anthony and Tacha, you can do so by going on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Anthony and Tacha. You can find us youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Tacha. And you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, search the Anthony and Tacha. And without any further ado, it's time to go to the Sunday Service Choir and Buffet. Mm, I hope you're hungry. I have these notes out of order. Uh, Are you ready to go over the latest Sunday service choir album, Jesus is Born? Yes. (laughs) Uh, The Sunday service choir is an American gospel group led by rapper and producer Kanye West. Legendary. Put them together over this past, like, what, year year or two? Year and a half, maybe. Um, And beginning in January 2019, this group has performed every Sunday in his Sunday service kind of things that he's been putting on social media. He even did one in our hometown, which was really cool, and we both missed it. (laughs) That's okay, I guess, because maybe he'll come back another time. And eat at the Cheesecake Factory. I cannot wait. The same Cheesecake Factory. Seymour was afraid to... We have a friend, Seymour, and he was afraid to order his food because he knew the cashier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had to do it for him, and the cashier didn't even talk to me. Um, these Sunday service uh, uh, services, yeah. stunts, <laughs> did some backflips <laughs> off the altar. He took that like uh, truck that he had in the Follow God music video, and he rode it up a ramp. <laughs> he, he did a backflip off of a of a diving board into the baptismal font. <laughs> <laughs> These services were to hype up uh, the new Kanye album, Jesus is King, which came out, uh, what, like October of this past year. Yeah. Um, it took a long time for it to actually release, but that's okay, yeah. because maybe he'll... Just give me a second. Oh, there it is. <laughs> what? Yeah. I didn't even know they released it. Yeah, I, I got it. My dad bought it for me, even okay. though I don't really care for that album. And now you've, you've still got all the CDs. Yeah, now. I still have all the CDs. That's continue. all that matters. Um, so this this Sunday Service Choir uh, album was released on Christmas Day. Complete surprise. Kanye said he was going to release this earlier in the year. Um, he tweeted it and said, Jesus was born on Christmas Day. And we we're like, whatever. And then it turns out that it was true. So the we Messiah should, was born on Christmas so Day. So we should just always stunt Kanye. I'm sorry for my phone. We should just always uh, not believe in Kanye's uh, release dates. And then he'll actually release yeah, as soon as everybody thought that it wasn't going to happen, it actually did happen, yeah. and I was I was really surprised. But also, um, I guess more on this later. This isn't really like a Kanye album. Yeah, so it's executive maybe it really produced. wasn't up to him. <laughs> it's it's executive produced by him, which in some way it kind of was up to him. I guess I assume the release would have to go through him, and I'm assuming I mean, probably like the really, mixing. Like, went that's probably him. the only thing that he was like I guess involved with. He has production on this. But that's like it. Yeah. He's not like any of the songs. Yeah. Uh, the album was led by the choir director, Jason White, music director, Philip Cornish. And it was executive produced by Kanye with some feature production from Kanye, Jason White, Nikki Greer, and Philip Cornish. And this album is like an hour and a half of just your favorite gospel. If tunes. it's anything like the Jesus is King music video, or not the the movie, the film we saw, Kanye was there. So he performed, but he didn't do he didn't anything. He do anything. He just, he just snapped his fingers. And went on. <laughs> no, he didn't snap. He just waved around. Wavy, baby. 
he's just hanging out. Yeah, having a grand old time. So what is what is this Jesus's born album like? Well, it's 19 songs, an hour and 24 minutes, and it's uh we haven't discussed this beforehand. This is one week where we didn't discuss any of the music beforehand. So I'm really interested to see what your opinion is. I like it. I think it's really fucking long. Um, I mm, yeah. Yeah, okay, so I think the biggest knock against this is that it's really long. But then I think that another knock against it, like, me personally, I've been listening to choirs, like, obviously for a long time. I'm a music major, like, that's what I've had to do Music for education major. Yes, that's like, that's what I've had to do for schooling. So I, like, I don't want to toot my own horn or anything, but I think I know what, like, a good choir sounds like. And I'm just, I don't know, I feel, like, a little disappointed by this because I don't feel like they really wowed me. Uh, they're really loud and they're full in their sound, but they never like quiet down. <laughs> a good choir, like a good choir, knows dynamics, and this choir is literally just blasting me to the back of the wall every single song, <laughs> every pretty... second of every song. Well, I, I think it, what, for me, the second half of this is just like they don't have their best material. All their best material is placed in the first half. Yeah, they really front loaded this record. Um, I understand like why they would put all this stuff on here. Because, like, in all honesty, are they ever going to release another album? No, probably not. Are they not. ever going to get the chance to do that? Because if Kanye moves on to something else, I've got a feeling that he'll probably drop the, the Sunday Service Choir pretty quickly. Yeah. About as quickly as he picked them up. And he's going to pick honesty. up the Sunday Service Buffet. <laughs> and then we'll get food sounds on the next <laughs> one. Just him eating fried chicken. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but... I like I said, like I can't blame them for putting everything on this album because it literally might be like their last chance to do so, first and last chance to do so. But I, I don't know. They sing in unison a lot of the time. Like there's really not a lot of like parts in here, part singing. Yeah. There's no parts independent. Like it's always, it's always uh, synchronized rhythm, like rhythm wise. Mm. They never like go off and sing different parts and do different things. Um, unlike like every. What was it? Every hour or every minute? Every hour. Every hour on every Jesus hour, King, every minute, every second. Um, they they all sing like different things, and they're playing off of each other, and that's impressive. Yeah. But on here, like, you're right. They just don't put their best material on here. I I feel like we're just getting uh, these big loud like chords, these yeah. big power chords, Blink One Eighty Two style. That's uh, I don't. That's a little disappointing to me. Yeah, uh, so what are some of the highlights? I think Revelations 19.1, which was sampled, or at least uh, it was performed in Kanye's Sela. I think it's better here, but I wish like some of the coldness and the calculatedness of their vocals appeared on here. Because this version is way more lively, and it's way more praise. It feels mm. like an actual praise and ode to God, which is nice. I like the environments. You say they're a little too loud. I kind of like that nature sometimes where they're just like breaking out and like everyone's oh, sure. talking. Like, it's the really high highs are awesome. But like when you want to, I don't know, a good choir can get quiet yeah. too. And they can sing really intensely and quietly, but like they're, they just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, it almost discounts the loud, great moments if they do it the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming it's Jason White. who's talking, um, a lot of this and leading the choir cause he's the choir director, but it could be someone else. Um, but I like his interlude. I like his additions, like and phase where he's revving them through Kanye's fade and teaching them the song. I think that's really cool. And his little interludes and his little gospel moments, I think, are really cool. Um, but I, I think uh, some things that they kind of mess up on. Ultra Light Beam. It that was a home run. This is the most obvious. It's just. Home run, and they just fucking whiffed it. It's so empty. Yes. It's like not like Kanye's tracks sometimes are like really cold and grand, and this just felt like. Eh. It just. This was the obvious. This is the most obvious like thing that they could have done. Yeah. Like, this is what I expected from this. I expected them to do ultralight beam. That's the most. Seriously, like the biggest connection between yeah. Kanye and this choir. And they, I feel like they just didn't do a super good job with it. Yeah. The best I can say is that it's like one of the shortest songs on here. So I don't have to worry about it as much <laughs> as I would worry about something else. But like, I don't know. That was just really disappointing to me. Yeah. It could have been, it could have been the same like five minute grand choral setting that it was on the life of Pablo, but it just, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, something I want to bring up. A lot of these are, 
uh, like uh, I'm just gonna big half of the album's covers, and a lot of these tracks have impolar interpolations of other tracks like they interpolate a genuine song and a jeremiah song <laughs> like i don't i don't understand uh also they interpolate elastic heart by sia like the like yes. the, the vocal pattern but not the words it's really weird i don't understand why they just like stole it that's a secular song <laughs> I don't know. I expected a lot of these to be covers because, like, yeah, that's what the film was. That's what it's supposed to be, I think. And uh, it's not the like, like the covers are some of the better moments on here. Like when they cover like Father Stretch, which I think is is a great version. Like they did that song justice. Mm -hmm. I think they made it a little bit different. Same thing with the their version of Fade, which is called Faith. Uh, Revelations nineteen one is a cover of a Stephen Heard song. So like. They do covers justice. I think Rain's also pretty good. Um, and the, 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 they do have original count content on here. Like Count Your Blessings is a great moment. I think Excellence is a great moment. But like the first listen that I had with this uh, on Christmas Day, I fell asleep about like three-fourths of the way in. Yeah. And I woke up at the end of the album. And on the second listening, I just thought it just drags. Like once you get past, once you get to Ultra Light Beam, eight tracks in, it just drags. And, like, there's some occasionally, like, interesting moments. Like, I think Paradise is pretty interesting. I think Total Praise is okay. But, like, it just drags. And this is the same thing the film had where, like, their performances were, like, it's cool, but it it, it takes up so much time that it's just not compelling. Yeah. Like, I, I think if this thing was, like, way shorter, it would be way more interesting. Like, I don't I don't know why they wanted to, like, just drag it out. And you said it was because, like, they're never going to get a chance to probably do this ever again. I, I just feel like if you're going to do something, at least, like, just make it your best material. I don't want to hear your just, like, random oddities. Yeah. Like, because, like, the second half of this is just it repeats the first half. Mm -hmm. But it's not as compelling. Um, This thing has this album has a lot of, like, live recorded drums to it. It feels big. The choirs are huge. It. it it feels like they're almost to a point where the choir is peaking. It feels like, uh, like almost I'm being transported to another realm with how loud their voices is and how well they project. Uh, but as Trevor said, it can get pretty irritating at times. I don't think they do anything too terribly wrong on here, but I think the length is the worst thing, and it's just that's what ruins it. No, like I don't think that the choir sounds bad or is grating or anything. I just. They disc they severely discount their highs by yeah. by having nowhere else to go because that's they're they're at a ten the entire time yeah um, and that's that's not good yeah it makes the album fall flat it seems flat because even if it is at a ten it's a ten across the board it's it's boring yeah uh, there are some amazing moments on here don't get me wrong clout your blessings excellent revelations nineteen one uh, father stretch fall me faith. I, I think there are some brilliant, there's some brilliant material, some brilliant production uh, on here, and how it just all blends together, uh, both natural and uh, synthetic elements. Like the synth and bass on Fade is a mix, or Faith is excellent. How they just n just incorporate that rift is yeah. great. I, I think it, the drums being so huge, the choir being so huge is excellent. But like, you gotta have your quiet moments. <laughs> And this thing doesn't really have a lot of them. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that ruins it. Um, it's still good. I still would recommend it, in a sense. Um, but I think it's it's uh, disappointing in other ways. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. I enjoyed it. I think it's fun, but I also think it could be better. Uh, keep my little squares if you tell me. It's right now, phone a 6+. plus. I'll give it like a 6-. minus. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to leave it at that. And now it's, uh, is it still Hanukkah? No, I, I had to look that up. It's okay. not. <laughs> uh, well, too bad, because right now we're going over the latest Your Old Droog album, Jewelry. Jewelry. We get <laughs> an emphasis on the Jew. I found it out. Your <laughs> uh, Old Droog is a Brooklyn, Ukrainian-American MC. Uh, he had a great 2019. This technically falls in 2019, yeah. uh, where he really perfected his style as like kind of a, a I don't know like a dustier a dustier voice a more vintage voice yeah and like not vintage as like vintage as in like NOS no not vintage <laughs> no. as like even old hip hop but just like old feeling 
material like the instrumentals were old like like, yeah it just felt yes. like very retro style yes i i really enjoyed it and he's just really been building on his charisma since um 2017's packs that he released but um last year in 2019 he released it wasn't even close earlier in the year which was hilarious uh it was I thought it was really funny, like a lot of his a lot of his like one liners. He had some really great features on there. He really knew how to utilize his production yeah. and his his uh voice to make it just seem really like you said, old yeah. and like vintage sounding. Uh it was one of our one of our favorites of the year. But then not only that, he dropped a transportation like concept album called Transportation, like a little later in the year, probably around the half halfway point of the yeah. year. And um it was I don't think it really stood up to it. it. wasn't even close, but it was still like a ton of fun. Yeah, it was a great honorable mention for us. Um, I think that Drew really worked off of the the concept of that, and I think really painted a picture of like his native, Surroundings, yeah, like yeah, Brooklyn that he like grew up in, and, and also it's a rocket ship. Yes, um, every every <laughs> everybody knows that there's a rocket ship in the middle of New York City. But on uh, December twenty third, Drew finished his twenty nineteen with uh, the surprise release of. Jewelry, um, which talks about his Jewish heritage and celebrating uh, being Jewish and I guess kind of lamenting on like some of the problems that Jewish people have had yeah. in America. Um, it's it's a Hanukkah celebration. As he coined he's, on, he's his band on his camp. band camp. Uh, he, he, ta- he even did like a secret Hanukkah show with Makami. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he like put on the secret show that was just for Hanukkah. It was him and Makami. And Makami didn't take off his cowboy hat or like bandana the entire time. He never takes off his bandana. He's full gimmick all the time. It's I can't believe it. Every picture I see of him, like, he'll meet people on the streets. He, I don't think he's, like, a, a dick or anything. Yeah. Like, he just doesn't take it off. Dude doesn't take off his mask. I think it's, it's funny. Like, it's, you gotta go gimmick all the time. Uh, it, this this record was executive produced by Makami with other production by The God Fahim, Quelle Chris, Preservation Eden, and Cohen Beats. I think that Quelle uh, particular kills it on here. Yeah. Because it's, like... Uh, like tracks that they've collaborated on before, like Scoop of Dirt, like that style of just like filth and murkiness in the yeah. production, how like the bass is really heavy, the tr- drums are pretty distant, but they're still like bumping. I think that yeah. really resonates with a lot of tracks and also resonates with the style Eurodrugs are going for. So, as this album, I think it's the most ambitious Drugs had to date. I think, uh, I don't like it as it, it don't like it as much as it, it wasn't even close because it wasn't even close. It was very loose and it's just like charisma could just ooze out of him. This uh, it's way more refined. It's way more tight. Um, and not to say it's bad because I think this is really good, but I, I think it's just a different type of beast. Um, I, uh, I think oh, he yeah. he really works with his strengths still. Like I think it's, he's still hilarious. I think he's still really good at telling stories and being interested and being. Uh, sentimental at times which is nice like on tracks uh, stoop kid where he's going over his past and kind of showing kind of how his upbringing and how kind of shitty it was in a sense or just kind of the murkiness of america as a concept anyway i wouldn't even say his like upbringing was shitty i just feel like his environment he was like yeah. kind of scared of new york when yeah. he was younger and now i feel like he's kind of like grown into it he's become what he was afraid of yeah uh, you had great tracks like Jutang with, uh, I think he's a Jewish reggae artist, uh, Ma Ishawa. I don't, how, how would you pronounce it? Uh, I can't Matisse. read words. I can't read words, so. Matishwu. I guess. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, which he brings a very sense of, uh, like, um, panic in a sense. Like, it, it's very weird because it works really well. I don't think like a reggae artist would work well for like Drew's like kind of shocking style or his like shocking filth. Yeah, that's it has a really cool chorus. Like that, yeah. the hook that he does is I think really catchy. Yeah. It just ties the whole track together. Um my I guess my personal like favorite moments is probably like the front half of this. Yeah. I really enjoyed like the intro with Makami is is I think like Hebrew chants. Uh, yeah, from, that's from what Drew. I thought. It was either Hebrew, but I know uh Makami is uh Haitian. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be that I have no I, idea. I would definitely say it was Hebrew. It would make more sense. And then uh going into Jutang with production by Quelle Chris, this was uh we got a 
little sample of this before the record was mm. was uh, put out, and I think that 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 hook, that like reggae hook, mm. just really ties everything together with some really great uh, verses by, from Droog on here. Moving into BDE, which is kind of a sequel to RST. Yeah, um, it wasn't even close with the same. Features Mahami and Doom on here again. <laughs> um, I find this to be one of one of the most compelling tracks. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Doom has some really great. What I really uh, like about this track here. is they they have a little audio snippet of uh, this dude saying music in the sixties, seventies isn't good as that's people one, remember. Yeah, that's but one like of they 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 set it up to where Doom's verse is kind of isolated in a sense. I really yeah. like that because. He needs, like, not that he needs it, but, like... He's too he's, big. No, but he's, like, he's a legend at this point, and it's nice for him to be kind of, like, separated from Droog and Mach. Yeah. Not that they, like, need to, because RST, they were, like, on the same level. But, like, it's nice to have Doom have his own, like, little segment, because I feel like with his career, he kind of deserves it. I, I like the snippets as well. Yeah. Talking about, like, oh, everybody loves the 60s. Mm-hmm. But then, like, at the end... um. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be, like, incredibly poignant, but I did find it to be, like, more of a poignant moment on here where they talked about, like, this, these cigar-chomping guys are saying, like, well, it sell? I don't know. Put this experimental music out at the very end. He's like, those cigar guys were were less of a danger to music than these, like, young, hip producers ever will be. Yeah. I thought that was, I, I thought that was, like, really interesting that he feels that way, <laughs> but also I think that it's, it's true, like, once you actually think about it. Yeah. Um, Mrs. Cloutfire has this killer line. <laughs> I just love this line. It made me laugh so much. Where Droog says, my new aesthetic, if you don't like Droog, you're anti-Semitic. That's too funny. I just... <laughs> There's also a really great sample of the, the opening rip of Rhapsody in Blue, that clarinet rip all the way up. Yeah. Um, which I thought was awesome and just really... Like a very small thing, but that just entered the public domain like very recently. So you're allowed to do that now. <laughs> as soon as it was, he jumped on it. I feel like that also really paints New York in like a certain sense. I feel like after you've seen Fantasia 2000, you can never think of anything different than like a city skyline being drawn. Yeah, like for a lot of this, it gives me a lot of impressions of New York, but also like a gritty gangster film or like a Scorsese film. Mm-hmm. Just like this, that, that type of just rough urban area which i think Drew is really is the irishman <laughs> <laughs> um i think droog and makami uh collaborate pretty well on here i think they've always collaborated pretty well They're but i think best it, friends i think it works on here uh really well they just fit off each other they're just they're the same cut of cloth but they fill at different points if that makes sense like yeah makami i've been trying to like figure out how to define his voice and it's just like because like he's kind of high pitch but he really isn't it's i find him to, like i don't know i think more like volume he's yeah. very soft spoken but also i like that because yeah. like like it's you said, soft like, droog is really like you listen to, like a solo mock record like uh wapkan joj and it was like literally uh all makami just being like very soft yeah. a lot of like repetition but then you listen to Droog, and he's just, like, <laughs> really <laughs> abrasive and aggressive towards everybody. Yet they're, like, best friends, and they work really well together. Yeah, uh, so soft, but, like, still scratchy. Yeah. That's what I think is probably the best way to find it. But I think they, like, fill the same parts. Like, the contrast works really they well. They play off of each other really well. Diamonds has this uh, sample from Kanye West, the Diamonds and Sierra Leone, yeah. Rihanna with Diamonds. I think there's a Q-tip track yeah the whole tribe. like the whole like hook of this is just a bunch of it's like a patchwork of different samples yeah. all thrown together which is really interesting how they think they're just flown together really well and the mm-hmm. track's talking about how this guy sells his soul to three jewish men <laughs> and uh, he goes to a comedy club and says some like terrible shit so, yeah says something like and then then the, the then the mob comes and takes his family <laughs> and then it was all just a dream, dream. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I think that's a good story. It's an interesting story about telling your story. Drew's a little bit more narrative on this at times, which I think is really nice. Like on Generations where he's telling the story of uh, a family with hopes and aspirations of coming to America and being free. And then their son, their grandson comes, is finally in America. Yeah. And then he gets killed. So like, is the concept of America actually as good as the dream or the vision of right. it actually is, which is pretty 
nice. And then I already talked about Stoop Kid, just kind of Droog's nostalgia. Droog on uh, previous tracks on PAX was pretty, like, brings essentially, like, nostalgia. This was a very nostalgic track, because I feel like the hook talks about, like, when you were a kid, they say, be all you want to be, be the change you want to see, be yeah. what you want to be, or whatever. Like, I think every kid in America got told that same yeah. thing. Like, whether you were Jewish or black or white or whatever school you went to, yeah. like, you got the same you got the same message. And I, I thought it was really interesting that, like, Droog and Fahim are both bringing that up when I, Trevor, heard that in Ohio the <laughs> same way that Droog heard 15 years ago, like, 15 years before I did in New York City. Like, I don't know. I thought that was, like, a really, really interesting, like, generational thing, yet we all, like, understood it. Also, he brought up, like, Hey Arnold, yeah. watching Hey Arnold, which is, like, stuff that we did as well. Yeah. I, f- I felt like we were all on the same level there. It was a very nostalgic time. Uh, Babushka 2, which is a sequel to uh, Babushka. Also, I forgot Babushka to mention... Babushka 1. Babushka, yeah. Uh, Mrs. Cloudfire, I forgot to mention, is very similar in production to uh, Funeral Dirge. So a lot of these tracks take from... Yeah. It wasn't even close, which I think is really cool. That it kind of, like... That was another Quelle one. Yeah. Cloudfire. Um... But Babushka 2, he's talking about uh, culture vultures in a sense. And they kind of, like, this is not, like, an original concept of, like, just shitty white people. But, like, it gets me to appreciate my own form of pretentiousness, because at least I'm myself, (laughs) in a sense. Not to, like, pat my own back, but, like, at least I'm stupid in my own way. Yeah. Like, I just make terrible jokes that are not funny, and... (laughs) I think Babushka one is better. Babushka's one's better because it it, it, it proves. Uh, Drew said grandma. that. <laughs> Drew said that this year. I'm really excited for this year because Drew said he's opening for Primus. <laughs> 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 now he's to fill up the promise. Uh, but Babushka two, he's talking about culture. Babushka just has the great line, uh, the great opening line. All he hears culture this, culture that. The culturalists talk culture crap from a cozy cul-de-sac. Why my last shit? Why my last shit? not take off yet. Culture ain't nothing but the child of Cardi B and Offset. <laughs> That's just the basic. A great cold open to that track. Um, last thing I want to talk about is Juteng Forever the Reprise, uh, which has the same feature on it. And it's just kind of underwhelming. And it kind of just leaves this album on just a cold note. Yeah. Um, I... It's not terrible by any means, but it's just like I don't I get, think. No, I I think that the hook of of the Jutang and Jutang Forever, like I feel like that's kind of the voice of the album. Like that's what resonates in my head when I think about like this record, um, because like it is like very reggae, but also like it uses like a lot of the same like modes and scales as a lot of like Jewish music, yeah. like klezmer and Hebrew yeah. chants and that kind of thing. So like I feel like that ties things back to the beginning pretty well. But I almost wish it would have been an outro with more like Hebrew yeah. chants. I think that would have been or, uh, a good outro. I just I just think the even, chemistry... Like even the greatest ever do it would have been a fine outro too. Just like the chemistry seems a little bit different from the intro. I just think it just doesn't work out well. Yeah. I think the return to the concept isn't as solid as the initial concept itself. Yeah. So. Uh, but overall, I think this is good. I think it's Daroog's most ambitious project to date. Uh, I think he has a lot of fun with the concepts and the narratives on this album, and he pays heritage. He pays homage to his heritage by still being himself, yeah. which is nice. Like he doesn't just like say that he is this, but he more or less uh, shows that he is this by still bringing out the original personality traits he has to begin with, which is nice. Yeah. He doesn't lose himself in his heritage, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keep in mind, all scores a few talentos. Right now, I'm feeling a, a eight plus. On this, I really liked it, and I hope to hear more from Drew soon. This is a good way to close off his decade and to start a new one. Yes, I'm really excited for what he's going to do. He just released a new single with uh, the late Prodigy yeah. called Crab Cakes, and it was really good. So I'm hoping that we're going to get something else uh, this I, year. I, I got a feeling we will here at some point. Perhaps a beach-themed album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to give this an 8+. plus. I'm a, I'm a big Drew fan. It's really grown on me. I'm just trying to think about what a beach themed album would be. It's got Jimmy Buffett on it. (laughs) That's about it for that one. Mark Hobby is just wearing a swimsuit, but he's still still, He's got a bandana on his waist, too. (laughs) Or no, the bandana is the same. It's like the same pattern as his his swimsuit. 
<laughs> That's that, that visual of Mark Harvey lighting the menorah in the, uh, what is it, the uh, BDE music video is fantastic. Is Mark Harvey Jewish? I don't know. I don't think he is. <laughs> that makes it even funnier. <laughs> I think it makes it better. <laughs> uh, okay. Are we are we free nationals? No. Hot dogs. That's no. Hebrew. Na- oh, we go from Hebrew from nationals, nationals to free na- free brew nationals. <laughs> God damn it. Time to go over the latest free nationals album. Free nationals. Free hot dogs. Free Nationals are an LA-based band known for being a collaborator and the backing band to Anderson Pock. That's probably their biggest claim to fame at this point. The band consists of producer and guitarist Jose Rios, uh, the keyboardist Ron Tanava Avant, the bassist Kelsey Gonzalez, and DJ drummer and producer Callum Connor, who has a couple of features yeah. on here. And each member also contributes backing vocals for the band. So not only one person sings, everybody sings. <laughs> like the Sunday service choir and buffet. They all sing. Uh, this record is 41 minutes at 13 songs, and it's got features from all across the board on here, some that you know and some that you don't. Yeah, but mostly some that you know. Yeah, mostly a lot of people that I was familiar with or um, have so at wh- least heard of. What are the names are we talking about? Well, we got big names. we got Anderson Pock, of course, J.I.D., Daniel Caesar, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, T.I. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, Mac Miller, Cali uh Benny could, Sings is on here, Conway the Machine, and Westside, yeah. but no Benny. Screw you, Benny. <laughs> Benny was too busy being a butcher. <laughs> I guess. It's a meat to cut. <laughs> the classic Griselda boys, Conway, Westside, and Joyce Wright. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> I don't know why that made me die. <laughs> But yeah, I think they actually have uh, decent curation features because uh, a majority of these people I know, and I think they make them out to be pretty good. Yeah. So I have this is one of the most confusing records I think I had to review in a while because I think the music on here is good, and the curation of artists are good, and I think they help out. They make the artists better overall. Majority of these, but I just think overall as a project. It's like if the golden if if the range of curation and albums ranges from GJ Khaled and Ed Sheeran's last projects to everything is recording recorded, this is like 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 a seven out of that scale. So it's more towards everything is recorded than like DJ agree. Khaled because like the they the features are good, but it doesn't feel like a whole piece uh, a com- uh, it doesn't feel like a uh, complete album if that makes sense. It doesn't feel cohesive. I would agree with that. It's, it's. I feel like they had a hard time pulling this whole thing together because, like, the artists that they got on here are are great. Yeah. But a lot of the times they're just like, not, um, in agreement of like style, I guess. And the Free Nationals try to pull it together by having all these like, uh, skits where apparently the the entirety of the Free Nationals keep trying to call me and I'm not picking up for some reason and they have to keep leaving messages. I was like, I don't, I guess I don't understand because it doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's kind of a cheap, it's kind of a cheap transition. It reminds yeah. me a lot of like the the radio show skit kind yeah. of thing that a lot of artists have been doing. But um, it just it doesn't pull this together in a way no, that I think is like, well worth it. Now, what does Everything Was Recorded have that uh, this doesn't? Well, it has recurring cast. To a certain extent. Yeah. Like, there are one-offs, but... Like Sampha and... Um, Kamasi. Kamasi appear multiple times. Yeah. You have s- segments or skits that pull things together. You have an overall building atmosphere. You have also different styles of production. Different artists doing different things. Um, yeah, it all feels cohesive. Yeah. This is just the same kind of style of soul, and it ranges from R&B to hip-hop. It's sometimes funk, sometimes disco, but it's at the core, it's still soul. Yeah. I guess that's basically what I got out of this is like the Free Nationals had a bunch of like vamps almost that they just could do. Like, uh, obviously, they do these for Anderson Pac, but like Anderson Pac's music um, is mostly hip hop and RB, so they're going to keep vamping the same thing over and over. Yeah. It doesn't really change a whole lot. Um, And I feel like that's kind of what they did on here. Um, they, they basically play like beats live. Yeah. And that's fine and dandy. Like I love seeing that. And the production on here is fine. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fine, but like, it's less about the free nationals and what they can do. More about, and the it's feature. more about like the features and what they can do. Cause like you look at something like 
beauty in Essex, the Free Nationals still played in the background, but Daniel Caesar literally makes this into like a sex song. And then <laughs> later on, they play for like, I don't know, the only time that they ever like, have their own time is on Lester Diamond, and that's just pure funk. Yeah. And that's that's great that they could do that. Like, it, it progresses their solos and things like a normal like funk song would have. And that's the most distant, distant different track on here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, but then the rest of the time, they're just like, they're basically playing their beats live. Yeah. So I think that it really boils down to like how good um, almost songwriting and performance is. Yeah. And some of these, uh, not all these tracks are created equal. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of something you said during our top 10 worst projects, I think what you said, is uh, <laughs> the grade is not... the People say the graveyard is the great equalizer, but reality is DJ Khaled because you're talking about Gunner and Beyonce yes. and Jay Z felt the same. This kind of has the same approach. It's not as terrible because like Anderson Pac still shines. Oh sure, but there's, in the general there's definitely aesthetic, shining artist. But in the general study, he just kind of pops up and leaves. Yeah, like it just his his appearance is good, but it doesn't have any weight. It's strange. Yes, like Sid's amazing on this, but like she's. Vanishes. Well, when Anderson Pot came up, I was like, well, that, oh, that makes sense, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't really read the feature list all that hard. Anderson Pot came up, I was like, oh, look, there he is. See, that makes total sense. That's just his backing band. And then as quickly as he appeared, he was just gone yeah. again. And he never came back up. I thought that was really weird. So what are some good moments on here? I think the uh, Beauty and Essex featuring Daniel Caesar and Unknown Orchestra is pretty good. Unknown Orchestra usually provides a warm atmosphere, and Daniel Caesar kind of does that way better than them on this? And I feel like they're a little bit flat, but they're not around. It's still for, a very warm. It's track, still a yeah. good track. I would enjoy on site. JID is fantastic. I think Sabu, which Sid, those fucking horns is amazing. They're amazing. Mm. Same thing with Benny sings. They like, I was thinking about this. Like I wish Benny sings had the same popularity and same budget as Rex Orange County. Cause I think he's like, <laughs> like, yes. cause like his last album was a little bit more on the lower fi side. And I wish he just had like a more grander scope because when he has like bigger production, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he would hire a disco band for himself. Yeah. Uh, Gidget with Anderson Pock and Tinaba has these, uh, great, charismatic performance from Anderson Pack and really weird vocoded vocals from T Nava, which are okay in this segment because they're short, but he pops up later on this also. The keyboardist. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. I didn't realize it because there's a period in it. He I didn't just put- did that. Yeah, yeah, he did that for himself, I yeah. guess. Uh, he sounds like Daft Punk. Well, Daft Punk used vocoder vocals. I didn't get Daft Punk. I just got vocoder. I got the Daft Punk specifically the the track with Panda Bear from <laughs> Random Access. Doing it right. Yes. Also, like uh, he pops up on also, and it's just it, it seems super gimmicky. Yeah, I just I, th- I just like <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? It's <laughs> just so long too. Yeah. And then uh, Callum Connor, both tracks that he's on, Renee, and also, it's sad that like. <laughs> Both members of Free Nationals get a vocal performance, and those are the true tracks I want to get rid of. <laughs> yes. Like, they just don't pull their weight. They're not as interesting. No. Like, they don't have any crossover appeal outside this. They're just pretty bland. Because, like, the artists they do get. I guess Callum Connor kind of comes across as, like, a Ringo Starr situation, <laughs> where he's, like, drumming and also singing. Like, that's... I've got to give him credit. That's really hard to do. Yeah, Anderson Pock does it. Yeah, but <laughs> just, he's not that good. Yeah, it's it's not that interesting. Um, the Ribbonton with Conway, Westside Gun, and Joyce Wright is brilliant. Uh, Griselda, we'll talk about uh, what would she going to do in a little bit, but maybe this, like, next time. Like, if you're going to do natural production, yeah. like, make it a little bit different. Um but I really like that track. I think it's great. West Side Gun's charisma comes full force. Like, he's just completely oddball. They didn't give voice. him enough ad-lib time, personally. <laughs> he, need, he needed, like, he just, six minutes. He didn't have any time to warm up, so it's kind of <laughs> weird to hear him just go into a verse immediately and didn't, like, hype himself up for 15 seconds before he actually come on. <laughs> yeah, um... Mac Miller and Kaliushas on Time are are brilliant. I, it's it's one of those beautiful like this in the eighty eight keys or is a ninety nine eighty eight eighty k keys track. Both great posthumous sends offs to them. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's just like it's kind of sad in post because the track's about all making the best of your time and kind of using it wisely. And he's gone now. Um, 
Cut me a break with T.I. <laughs> I, I hate that I like this. Oh, this is one of my favorite <laughs> tracks on here. And I was so mad the track because what happened between T.I. versus the people and here. <laughs> no, I'm I, like... The track's called Cut Me a Break because he's talking about he needs to be cut a break after people getting mad at him for checking his daughter's hymen. <laughs> he checks it. He doesn't hire anyone else to check it. He, he checks it. He goes up to him and goes... T.I. <laughs> <laughs> has been on some... some <laughs> shaky he's been ground. On, he's been on something for the past like year or so, but he came out with Cut Me a Break and I was blown Why away. Why is this track so grand? <laughs> this is the grandest... It's like kind of like... A score to like an exploitation film, which is interesting, but like modern contemporary version of that. Yes, it was like a very, it's a very funky, almost like Shaft like, <laughs> like the show. My favorite um, part like of Shaft is where he checks his daughter's height. <laughs> the production of this is I just very, want someone to take that out of the context. I, I'll cut it out. <laughs> Like just like there's like a bunch of Twitter accounts for like YouTubers I watch and they like take like clips out of context. context. I want someone to like stand us that just take our clips out of context. There's some gold. There's some gold in them tails. <laughs> That's the one. There's some gold, gold in them diamonds. diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Ti <laughs> deserves a break after this. I'm I'm gonna cut him a break. <laughs> I'm not. This is this is seriously like one of my favorite songs. Ti's decent when he gets a chance to go. I mean, like, like I could barely understand him, but like I don't care. <laughs> He's so like slurred and smooth, and doesn't, doesn't matter. I just like the way he delivers this verse. I have no idea what he says, but it's, I think it's awesome. The production really works for him, like pretty well on yeah. here because it's, it's beautifully bold. That's it. Um, thank you, T.I., for gracing my ears with something I never thought I needed. Thank you, T.I., for gracing my hymen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. I think I, I, think I peaked. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, but, yeah, I, the curation's not as good as it could be. I enjoyed this. There's good moments. Uh, it's There's some weak outliners. This thing could have been, like, four tracks yeah. less and would have been better. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I just wish there was something that made it cohesive as a whole. And it just kind of felt like just a bunch of odds and ends with some really good performances, some really good ends to the all the odds, which is nice. Wow. Um, keep in mind, of course, if you're telling me it's right now, I'm feeling a six, seven. I'll, yeah, I'll give this like a seven. Yeah. Uh, and now uh, I have to ask you the important question. What would Sheen Gun do? What was the what, He's the where, dead. the why, and the how would Sheen Gun do? The who is Sheen Gun? <laughs> the what is... A good friend. <laughs> a why is why did he leave so soon? Yeah. Why is Shingun dead? The where is I'm not really sure. <laughs> and the how? The how is he probably got shot. He did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, time to go over the latest Griselda record. What would Shingun do? Okay, we've talked about the Griselda Records crew for a long time on here. Probably every month we talk about this and go <laughs> over it again. We're going to do it again. Griselda Records is made up of the Buffalo MCs, Westside Gun, Benny the Butcher, and Conway the Machine. The trio has been absolutely prolific in the amount of releases that they've been putting out in the past, like, two decade. years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they they keep... Like, I went, I went on the Wikipedia to just kind of, like... That's a good place to find discography. It's the world's best resource, as I said yes. during his film. It's, it's a, also an online encyclopedia. It's a good place to find like discographies because a lot of people like keep updated on that, and their release schedule is like they don't have pages for the majority of things that they put out. Yeah, I mean, they there's so much stuff that like each member has put out, but then as a group, this is like the only thing that they've put out like, yeah. together. Um, and this this. Album is, is dedicated and named after the late Raptor Marcello Machine Gun Black Lowry, aka Machine Gun, who's Benny's half brother, and then therefore Westside and Conway's first cousin are all related. Yeah, uh, this is their major label debut under Shady Records, Interscope, and Universal. So they got the Eminem seal of approval, which, uh, as we learned from Boogie's last album, doesn't mean much. It, yeah, it really doesn't <laughs> because he can give it out to anyone without talent, apparently. Yes. And uh, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing: Griselda have talent. 
they showcase this plenty of times before. They really do. Um, they've they've collaborated multiple times. Like this is their first group release, but they are always doing uh, guest verses and things. I think pretty much every solo record has had at least one, if not both, of the other. Yeah. On on at least one song, but most of the time it's more than that. They all work together anyway, so like whatever. Um, and all the production here is done by Darren Year and Beat Butcher, and has no samples. They got which it blew me away. It because it just sounds like their past material, and uh, this is where I get into the problem. Uh, the production's amazing, but it's it's the same. We've heard this. Yes, I like West Side Gun, but we've heard this. Like West Side Gun's one of my favorite rappers currently. He's one of the like just one of the most charismatic bold and just oddball characters in hip-hop but like here he doesn't really shine as much who shines the most honestly conway <laughs> and conway's been kind of the weakest link the entire time not that i think we need to like compare the members because he had a stroke <laughs> no he didn't have a stroke <laughs> he uh shot yeah <laughs> he just can't move half his mouth but, like he did have a stroke. but benny uh from his last project plugs i met um, to this, he still has a level of aggression and importance, which is still nice. Uh, Conway seems way more, uh, I don't know, consistent throughout a lot of this. Yeah, he doesn't seem like a weak link in this, which is really nice. He seems like he's able to stand up, but West Side Gun kind of feels like the weak link at times because I feel like we don't get a lot of moments where he's just like he can just do weird shit. Yeah, I think that's... We don't get Undertaker versus Goldberg moments. I've been listening to that song, like, almost nonstop. The loop of that is amazing. I love it. That beat change, the... I mean, just Westside being a complete fool. The the interlude of of, um, Goldberg and Undertaker's, like, announcements. Um, I don't know. I just find that track to be endearing. And then Conway at the end, I think, is really pulling his weight here. I think that's kind of, like, when he started to... To really start to pull his own weight. Yeah. Which is awesome. But on here, I almost feel like they're taking themselves too seriously. Like, Westside doesn't take himself super seriously. Yeah. And that's obvious in, like, any feature that he does. Like, for, <laughs> I'm the I'm king, king of New York. York. I don't boop, 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 boop for and six minutes. <laughs> um, any, any feature, any project he puts out, there's tons of wrestling references. There's references to all sorts of, like, like fashion, like high fashion. Um, I just find him to be really fun, but then somebody like Conway is just like way too into it, or Benny is way too into like that gangster lifestyle, and I don't think that Westside really has it in him. Yeah, see, the thing that adores me at Westside, and I made this comparison before, he's like a new generation Shawn Michaels of the rap game, where he's like he's cocky, he's conceiving, but he's also really entertaining, and he's like he's caught in his own image, which is nice. Which is really fun. So he's like, he doesn't look intimidating, but once you like get him in the ring or once you get West Side in the mic, he's intimidating. Right. Like, I don't want the Griselda guys to see this and say, like, oh, he thinks West Side's soft. I by no means no. think West Side is soft. These three are like some of the hardest MCs in the game right now. Yeah. Like, absolutely crazy. Yeah. But I think that West Side, like, doesn't really want to rap about that kind of thing. <laughs> he wants to rap about like wrestling <laughs> and, and thinks that he like is immediately interested in. And then you've got like you've got like features where Westside's like talking about SummerSlam '98 or something, and then in the next verse, Conway's like, "Yeah, we left a couple fingers in your mailbox. <laughs> like, we're gonna chop you up and send you down the drain, and then we'll burn your body with acid." And then that guy in the back goes. <laughs> No, there's one line on here. I can't remember if it was Conway or Benny, but it was like, we'll leave you in the room and it'll smell for weeks. I just imagine the three Griselda boys just sitting in the room with a dead body that's been there for yeah, three weeks. Yeah, like if you leave if you leave it in the room for a week, it'll cause a stench or something. Like they're like basically like Conway and Benny remind me of like breaking bad, and then Westside is like better call Saul. Like just screwing around somewhere else. Same universe, but different ends. <laughs> incredibly, yes, incredibly so. Um, I I don't know. I so really like the chemistry, it works, but it doesn't. Like they've come off as pretty cohesive before. Like I think of tracks on Supreme Blind Tell, they're like, if it you oh, mentioned, I, yeah, Undertaker I versus Goldberg, but like here it's weird. I wouldn't it, say like, that it works, they don't fit. They it really works, work. but it doesn't. Yeah, because it's like 
and part of the reason it does is we've seen better. We've seen like better projects where they collaborated better. Serene Lion Tell, Fly God is an awesome god. Um, Her- Hitler was Hermes Seven. Uh, the plugs I met. We've seen projects where yes, like, they've had exactly. features and they mesh together better. And like on this, it doesn't feel like it meshes. No, I feel like much. they mesh well here because West Side is sacrificing some of his own interest in order to fit in better oh, with his the, family. By the way, who do you think is the most listened to artist on from Griselda on Benny. Spotify? Yeah. That's probably why. I, 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 I think West I think Side I saw the plugs I met top so many different like so many different uh, best of the year lists, but nobody ever mentions West Side. Nobody ever mentions Conway. Like yeah. it's literally just Con- who do you think is better, West Side or Conway? West In Spotify, Side. yeah. In Spotify numbers, West Side, Conway. Seriously? Yeah. By like double. West Side is seriously. <laughs> I think he seriously slept on. It his. like made me think West. It like it made me realize West Side's kind of acquired taste. West Side's my favorite. <laughs> West Side is my favorite too. Um, but like. I think we haven't really talked about specifics of the album or just how this album just kind of feels weird. It because feel like, weird. it I mean, feels like a, th- at times a softcore reboot for like modern audiences for like just mainstream. Exactly. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Like they actually released singles, yeah. which is not something that like they've done before. They had the Eminem feature and like they had, they had more like bigger name features on here. So like, I really liked the opening track Marcello with Raekwon just kind of giving a, a lecture about loving people and how you should never love somebody more than they love you. It's pretty similar to his thing on Fly God. Yeah. Uh, a little kind of kind of similar, but also I like the continuity because it, <laughs> in their universe, in the Griselda universe, Raekwon's like God. <laughs> he can talk to you about that Raycon, kind of thing. In the Griselda universe, Raekwon's God, and then Keisha Plum's always this like ambient narrator. Yes. I like that. Like, I yeah. like that kind of continuity that they've got. I think Chef Dreads and Moselle are two awesome moments on here. Dr. Birds, uh, one of their other singles. Probably phenomenal. the punchiest track today it's, as a group. Yes. And the best great. track on here. Uh, May Store with Kito Plum. I like Bang with Eminem. I didn't think I would like, but I, this released like earlier in 2019 here's, here's and I weird, actually enjoyed it. Here's the weird thing. Eminem has the best. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Eminem has the best verse on the track. <laughs> I mean, he is the it's, most he is the most seasoned. Yeah. I'm glad that he saved his best material for what I think is probably the most talented uh, signees or most talented guys that he's got on the, the only, shady. The only label. really thing I can knock his verse is he's like, "Don't compare me to." He mentions like, "Don't compare me to Iggy." Don't compare me to Nikki. And over recent years, like he's had the same stunted personality as both of them in the same like ignorance. Yes, I will compare him <laughs> to him, but. Um, yeah. Sitting on the map, I think is fun. I like the chorus, but 50 Cent sounds like he's five years old on this track. No, 50 Cent sounds like he's the fourth Griselda member. He sounds so close. <laughs> but I'm, like, it doesn't. It, no, it, I like, just think his verse is awful. Like, I don't, I'm not saying it's good. He just sounds like. He the, sounds, his voice sounds like it. I meant his writing sounds like he's five years old. This is, this is a horrible verse. <laughs> Can you just give me examples? Good, <laughs> okay. really interesting. Uh, I gotta look it up. <laughs> okay, I'll move forward. Uh, I think Cruiserweight, I think the moments where Westside kind of shows his uh, charisma the most is Kennedy with Tiona Denise. Where he's just like completely ad libbing and trying to harmonize with her, and it's just completely outside and weird. And then Cruiserweight Coke is the moments where they like let West Side kind of be West Side in a sense, and it, it doesn't seem it seems almost untamed in a sense. I hate this record. The opening line that he sent comes on here and goes, "I'm an A student. I mean, I do my homework. No ski mask. Put in my own work. I do." Do my homework. I do. I do put in my own work. <laughs> this is literally like one of the worst. I guess I wasn't listening. Valedictorian, bulletproof DeLorean. My window's thick like twenty-four hour stores. <laughs> I do remember that Doesn't one. Doesn't even rhyme. I do remember that one. Doesn't make any sense. Like Fifty Cent's verse on here is absolutely awful. Yeah, but it's it's funny and then it's bad. But like this is some of the. See, there's some of the worst lines I've heard this year so far. <laughs> this might make end of the year, like, worst verse. <laughs> um, 
the old groove has an interesting beat switch with no- I'm assuming is his this do you think his name's novel or yeah, novel? It's a novel. Okay. Because like novel sounds more profound. The novel peace prize. <laughs> but uh I think it's he just has, novel. He has a, a beat switch that goes more to contemporary contemporary R and B, which is like we haven't really seen Griselda yeah. in that form. Even though like they're not over that instrumental, it's nice to see some type of breakup. But like over being honest, like Griselda doesn't seem like really challenge like the production seems challenged like i bet for derringer and beat butcher this was hard to make it was probably hard without any like sampling or anything but i almost not even almost i missed the sampling yeah. i thought that the sampling was some of the best parts of any of the old like previous records I, I really enjoyed the different samples that they could dig up yeah and use in their production but here i i feel like it's kind of missing something yeah i like that it's all original like i'm sure that was extremely difficult you do the original production thing like that's quite a task to undertake but I don't know. I feel like they uh, they got a little too comfortable. Yeah, it's a uh, it's just a mixed bag. I don't know what to really make of it because it's like nothing's on here is truly terrible besides Fifty Cent's verses we discovered. <laughs> but like, it's like not yeah. new. Like it's passable. Like they Evidently. do. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like, but it's just like it shows. Like I felt like if I haven't listened to. Spring Blaring Tell in the previous projects I mentioned. If I've never heard of Griselda, I would not be impressed with this record. Really? I think I would in some extent. I like it, but like I I think that they've really toned down their sound for a mainstream audience. Like you said, this this really does feel like a softcore reboot and I I don't think it has to. There are harder rappers out here that are that are doing pretty similar things that are I think um not even I, I wouldn't even say like harder, but they, they make themselves out to be harder than yeah. they actually like than these guys actually are. Yeah. And I wish that they would have stuck to their guns a little better. Yeah. Because I think they might have got big heads on this shady record. Also, like debut. um for like features, like there really isn't like I was I wasn't expecting like a ton of names and even if this was like no features I would find, but like there really isn't anyone spectacular besides Eminem's like the big name but that was a single release months ago yeah and that was stuck on the end like 50 cents a big name but he's also it. a five-year-old he's also horrible on here. <laughs> <laughs> but like there really isn't anything Raekwon's been there before so I'm discounting him he's not a new face so he also didn't really rap he just kind of talks yeah he's like I've been reading up on Griselda and it's literally just the page just goes boom 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 um yeah, I I don't want to rate this. I keep in mind all scores for you tell me it's I'm feeling like a six. Uh, that, I guess like a six or seven. Yeah, I don't six plus. Six something. Or I or seven I, minus. I don't that want I don't want to give him a six because I really like Griselda. I really like everyone in Griselda, but like it's I'm not gonna re listen to this, I don't think. Besides Dr. Birds. Yeah, I listen to like Dr. Birds and maybe Bang. Yeah. Chef Dreads. Yeah. The but, singles basically. Yeah. Um and that's it. Uh, I don't know. I, w- I really hope for more from Griselda in the future. Because, like, I feel like with their individual projects, they're... I know that they're great. I wish they would show the rest of the world that they're great. Yeah. Because, like, if you... Kn- I feel like this is kind of, like, one of those if-you-know-you-know you know situations. Like, you know, you know. Um, Thanks, Bob Dylan. I really... That's Pusha. That's what he sounds like. Um, like, if you've listened to their older projects, you know, like, how good they can be. But then once they get on this, like, major label debut, then I think... And honestly, like, a lot of people can't take it. Yeah. I think that uh, their projects that they've released so far would leave a bad taste in the mouth of people that have never heard of them before and are just listening like, oh, Eminem's got a new up-and-comer on here. His name's Griselda. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, it's three people. Um, And they've been in the game for a long time. Like, listen, if you haven't listened to their other projects and you came on here, then you might think, like, this is good. But for listening to their other projects that I feel like are miles better, and they have a lot more, like, I don't they just be themselves more. Um, And then you come into this, it just feels like a little fake, almost. A little phony. Which, I I think one of the things I want to mention before we uh, close off, but uh, a lot of their projects are, like, no stakes. And that's kind of why they work. This is a lot of stakes. This is very And they still bring the same amount of I'm going to say effort because I feel like they put effort into it, but it's like the same energy. Like it doesn't seem. 
They're, yeah, they're not really changing for anybody. They, I feel like they almost played it a little too safe with these high stakes. Yeah. Like, they could be really reckless in their other <laughs> records, like especially West Side. But then it just got... It, they played it way too safe on yeah. these shady um, records. I don't leave it that. Uh, and that's it for this week's episode of Anthony Tacho. I keep on flipping the pages in hopes there's another album there's there. not. <laughs> If you want to follow the Anthony Todd show on social media, you can find us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Anthony Todd. You can find us at YouTube.com forward slash the Anthony Todd show. You can find us at Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and Spotify by searching Anthony Todd show on your local podcast viewer. And uh, you can also support us monetarily through Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash the Anthony Todd show, and Streamlabs, Streamlabs.com forward slash the Anthony Todd show. And that is you can it. find us on public access TV. <laughs> You told me it was only like seventy five bucks. It's like seventy five dollars for a year, and they tell you how to use the equipment. So I didn't know how to use some equipment. We just use mine. We'll make a TV show. Let's do it. Uh, but until next time, guys. I'm Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see you, boys. Bye, everybody. Happy New Year. Oh yeah, I got to do a musical outro. Uh, now, see you later. Bye.